When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new episode of 99 Potions, Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast. We are here each and every week to talk about RPGs and what they mean to us. Uh, I am one of your hosts, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Uh, with me are my three RPG pals, my three travelers, my three other party members. One is managing editor, senior managing editor, excuse me, Stephen Strom. Hello. Welcome to the road, dear travelers. We have many wares for you to purchase from okay. our fine stock of goods. So it's going to be one of those episodes. Okay, cool. I uh, thought for a second, like, <laughs> Stephen was, he was making a joke about how you added senior. It's like, oh, they're oh, a senior. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let me try that again. <clears throat> Joining me is baby managing editor, Stephen Strom. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Never mind. This is a bad. This is terrible. This is, I, what a mistake I've made. A huge mistake. Uh, just don't leave the 99 potions room for Discord at this point. I'm, I'm having a great time with my good friend Tommy Pickles. <laughs> Fucking. All right. We're starting all the way over. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, with us also, you heard the voice of one news editor, Imran Khan. Hello. I have no extra voices to add. I'm not. I, I could. I will not. I refuse. Okay. And that's also a coward's way us, of thinking. Also joining us, as you hear right there, is our own tall featured contributor, Natalie Flores. Oh, well, I'm a tall featured contributor, but my voice is very baby. Or I could go British. Either or. <laughs> you've got two speeds. You've got and, baby and they're and mutually the worst exclusive. You've ever heard. That's what Natalie's like headshots say on the back. His kid be baby <laughs> British. Baby or British, and they're mutually exclusive. You can't be a British you can't baby. Can't be baby British. Uh. Boy, I'm the baby British boy. I'm a little wife. I'm here to fight against class oppression in Victorian <laughs> London town, isn't it? I'm That's here. As I was saying the other day, the boss fellow. baby should be an anthology. There should be like different <laughs> oh, like, kinds of boss, like American girl, but boss baby. Oh my god! Oh, I so love crumpets and I love tea and I love to take the tube on Tuesday. Is that baby or British? I, yeah, I'm trying to do both, but it's actually quite hard to do both. I yeah. I dare you to try it, Imran, since you didn't give us a voice. Mm. No. <laughs> no. No. no, do it. I, I'm. I've been at Fanbyte longer, so like in a way, I'm wow. like your senior. So like, 
This is an order. <laughs> you say you're a senior, but I've not heard you do a single old person voice. I just, I love, I, the, I, I love the laughing of, I'm senior? <laughs> Believe me. Well, I, you know what? It's good that we're getting this exercise with our voices because we think, I think we might need them because this week we're talking about the closed network preview, <gasps> network test preview of Elden Ring. Oh my God, what is that? From software's upcoming in February, brand new release. Uh, and it's it's the most anticipated game of 2022. I don't think that's controversial to say uh, for most folks. And it's uh it's it's a big game. Uh, and Steven is the only one in this panel that played through the preview content. And, and now you can talk about it, which is very exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, how I'm sorry, that's just really funny because because you're like Steven's the only one who's played on everyone who's yesterday <laughs> tweeting nonstop like making memes to Bandai Namco about getting yeah. that word. <laughs> so I I, I like tweeted I, I made a Photoshop of Moon Knight saying Hey Dracula, you big fucking nerd, <laughs> money. I changed it to Hey Bandai Namco, you big fucking video game publisher. Where's my goddamn Elden Ring code? And the head of like maybe like twenty minutes later, the head of comms from Bandai Namco emailed me with the screen cap of that tweet saying, "Do you want an Elden Ring code? It kind of seems like you want one." Oh my like, god! Yes, please. <laughs> You can tell I me one, asked great. them for one on your behalf, and they said yes. And yet, yet <laughs> and I got my own code today. I've gotten no code from anyone else. So clearly, my plan worked out fine. Yeah, so have you have you played works. any of that yet? The, the no, because it does not open up till tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, it opens okay. Back and then I, I get on a flight on Saturday, so I have one day to play or one window in which to play Elden Ring. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. Um, yeah, it's been. Yes, man. Um, and I I have a lot of questions. You've been very coy and professional, Stephen, before today, not not disclosing too much information to people who've asked, uh, even politely. Uh, but this is not details. the podcast to be coy and professional. No, on. We, you've got to dish the dirt today, Stephen. So I, I want to know uh, kind of what is the network test? Like, what did you play? And then I think we can dive in from there. Yeah, you bet. I'm just checking real quick, looking at my phone to see if I can say Elden Ring is sick as shit yet. Uh, it does say here <laughs> November 10th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So, yes, I can okay. say Elden Ring is sick as shit. Uh, the network test, uh, as you pointed out, John, is I believe it is some kind of attempt to like just make sure that the online portions of the game are working. I did not really touch much of the online, despite the fact that they are talking up summon type stuff in this game a lot more. Summoning, obviously, a big element of Bloodborne and Dark Souls for a lot of people. Um, so right now, it basically just seems like it's just a chunk of the game, like a chunk of the beginning of the game. Okay. Um with where you you get up to the first real big boss I, there are multiple bosses in the thing but like in terms of i think what would likely be mandatory progression bosses in the game there's one uh and then you can play a little bit beyond that mm -hmm. um and then you the, what i did was i fought a mini boss um, who dropped a key and then I used that key to open a door and then inside of the room where I opened the door was a ladder and I clicked on that ladder and it said the full game awaits you at the final <laughs> release. <laughs> 
the the full game's up this ladder. So it's sorry. Ve- it's very um, nonchalant. It's very anticlimactic how it goes because it's not like a lot of these demos typically end when you kill the boss and it'll just be like, all right, right here you go. Um, yeah. y- you can do whatever you want. And this one just doesn't. It's just like, nope, here's a big ladder. Uh, and if you click on it, there's just like a text message that appears on screen as if you had like clicked on so, like a lever or something in one of That's these games. Funny. That's really funny. I'm, it, I'm convinced that somewhere in the network test, there's some room, some secret room that if you do the right combination of things, it'll just open up the full game like, mm-hmm, three, you know, four mm-hmm. months in advance or whatever. But uh, no one's been able to find it yet. No, but if you do beat the first boss within 20 minutes, you do unlock a ROM of Pokemon uh, Shining Diamond. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's great. So how is the game structured? Is, is it is it very familiar to folks that played Dark Souls, Bloodborne, or, or how would you describe it as being maybe distinct from those games? It is way more open world than those games are, which I think is going to be, I think that's what people are expecting from this is, is open world Dark Souls. Um, There are, there's a lot of Dark Souls 3 energy in this one specifically because you have Mm. like, like every non Dark Souls game, there's just a bunch of shit in here. That's just souls and Estus flask, but it's not called souls or Estus flask. It's called like your, I don't know, bestest flask or something. <laughs> Your bestie think, flask. Oh, I think that's an IKEA flask. TV stand, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you if you do the roll, you can break that, and then there's maybe an item inside of the stand. It's great. Neat. Um yeah, so it's it's got that, but it specifically does the thing that Dark Souls 3 did where uh, it uses the focus point system. So you have kind of a mana bar that is your focus points and you have Estus flasks, which are like healing items you can take with you into the world. But then you can distribute, you, you know, you start with four charges of I'm just going to call it Estus flask. I forget what it's actually called. That's fine. Um, you have to start with four charges of Estus Flask, and two of those charges restore health, and then two of those charges restore focus points, which is your mana. Okay. But anytime you rest at a not bonfire, uh, which is like a bonfire but not, you can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, resting at a, okay. Let's rewind for a second. There are only what two is, categories why, of things in life. Yeah, are there how, how are there two different kinds of resting places now? So there's no. bonfires and okay. They're just it, what I'm. It, it's the same thing as the Estus Flask. It's exactly the same as a bonfire. Oh, they call so it. Just call else. them bonfires. It's okay. okay. Like, so like it's in exactly February, everyone will find out what they're yeah. really. We called. we it's watched fine. Merritt play Bloodborne and have never ever called them Blood Echoes. We call them Souls every souls single every time. time. Every so single like, time. Yeah. People are yeah. fine with it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I do. Th- I feel like the Souls equivalent in this game is a little bit easier to remember because it's not like a made up phrase like Blood Echoes. It's just runes. You get you get runes as your souls. So you go around. You start the game. You're in like a little dungeon. You walk out of the dungeon and then it opens up into a big, giant, grassy plain world. Uh, and in the distance, you can just see ent- like rolling hills, mountains. There's a storm off somewhere. There's like a big, giant Yggdrasil world tree in the skybox. It's very pretty. And then you walk 10 feet forward and there is a bonfire, uh, which I think in, just for posterity in this game are called like shards of forgotten grace or something. What? Uh, ah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, you're patting the resume off. You don't want to see yeah. bonfires. So you're like the shards of the. 
I'm gonna t- I'm gonna type uh, my new uh, essay about uh, Elden Ring in uh, all double space, uh, fifteen point font. Uh, I'm gonna nope any instance of bonfire. I'm going to replace with shards of forgotten grace. Got to get that word count. Uh, Got to get to five hundred words. My teacher says I have to. So you get there and then immediately you are confronted by an NPC who's like, oh, you're a little shithead. I hate you. But I guess if you want to go do the objective, this is what it is. You fucko, Uh, which is in every single one of these games. There's always a guy. There's always a bonfire. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a guy who tells you you're a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) The guy that hates your guts that still tells you what you need to do. Yeah. Right. And he says you're maidenless. Um, which in this game is because again, this is another very soulsy thing. Um, there has to be uh, Jordan same. in the chat says hard same. Yeah, Thank I think well. we can all. I was gonna agree. say Jordan open us. Well, we can all. T- half of this podcast could agree. The other half can't. <laughs> That's true. Um, because uh, like a lot of these games, you are supposed to have a nice lady who levels you up, but you don't have one. Okay. At the start. Um, and he's like, I guess you're probably going to go fucking die since you don't have a cool lady who's going to give you, let you cash into your souls. So I don't know, fuck off and die. Um, and so you walk around and then, but from there, it's just like big, you can pick any direction to go. And like the first place I went is I, I turned left basically. And it took me down to a beach where there was just the first enemy I encountered in the game, uh, was like an 80 foot tall giant. That's like bigger than Yorm, the giant from dark souls three, just wandering up and down a beach that just like screamed at me so loud that he like shot shockwaves of scream power at me to try and knock me down. And that was the first guy I met taking a relaxing (laughs) walk on the beach and you interrupt. <laughs> yeah, you know, I ran past him. Honestly, I didn't want to fuck with that guy. Um, yeah, that seems the, bad. Seems like a late game thing, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I came back to him later. Oh, um, okay. Did you? Beat but yeah. Him? Uh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't too bad once I figured out what I could do. That's nothing mm. for Stephen Strong, who plays no. on Tactician <laughs> Divinity Original Sin Two. Uh, I did beat. I I beat um multiple bosses in here, so I did. I did beat. I did, I do believe I saw everything there was to see. The one thing, optional thing that I re- encountered was there was a dragon in a lake, um, and I encountered an NPC who's like, "Don't go fight that dragon in the lake. It sounds bad. That sounds like a bad time." And I saw the dragon because I was just like walking down in this lake that's full of watery ruins and there's Vikings, zombie guys walking around trying to attack me. And then suddenly like a dragon just like flew out of the sky, landed down next to me and just started eating these guys. Um, Wow. And he's huge. This dragon is like big. It's like one of the uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, like big dragons flying in the sky. Oh, wow. kind of guys. Those wow. moments are cool. Like it makes me think of Dragon Age Inquisition where like. Yeah. They oh, really sure. wanted those emergent moments of dragons just popping up in the world, like to be front and center. And, ooh, and I so, Stephen, you saw that and you didn't go hit it in the head with a sword? Well, well, I walked around it a bunch and it wasn't aggroed to me immediately. So I was just like, well, this dragon's not like, and I don't think this dragon is an enemy. So I'm, I was like wondering if it was going to be like a <laughs> Dark Souls 1 situation. Like, can I find a ring that lets me talk to this dragon or something? And I, I didn't find anything in the my, in my time with the game. But I was curious because it wasn't like hostile. So yeah. I didn't immediately try to kill it, no. 
Uh, anything that was immediately hostile to me, I was just like, no, nah, fuck it, all bets are off. It's time for this fucking beast claw, uh, which ended up being it, though, even if it's. I not assume. Hostile? Okay. It's it's the dragon they show. There, there is a boss fight for that dragon because in the trailers for this game, you can see this big dragon like stand up on its hind legs and like throw lightning bolts at you. Um, and I think it's that dragon from the original, uh, not the original, original teaser, but like the first gameplay trailer that they showed mm. for Elden Ring. Um, yeah. So you got to kill him before he to aggros to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's just the Dark Souls way of you might. Honestly, I'm surprised you did not kill the initial guy who like, gave you shit. Oh, you're <laughs> right. I should have seen what he dropped. Maybe he would have given me the ring that let me talk to the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. There's, we're not saying know. he doesn't. So might as well try. Yeah, exactly. It was very funny that there was, in fact, a like uh, mandatory like onboarding process for the game where like we had to watch a video uh, ahead of uh, playing the thing where they basically just like told us, here's what a Souls game is like if you don't know what a Souls game is. Um, And in that thing, they were like, please don't take video of killing the NPCs. (laughs) Please don't post video of you just going around murdering everybody. (laughs) Which I thought was very, very funny because it a... Uh, maybe implied that there was some spoilers that they that could happen if you started yeah. killing NPCs. Uh, and B, uh, they immediately know exactly what people do in these games. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. it's a network test. It's not my save file. I'm gonna exactly. I'm gonna kill everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not my problem. It's your problem from software. <laughs> if you're yeah. gonna let these these people yell at me, I should be able to kill them. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. at first I wasn't killing many people because I chose. So at the we have in the notes here. Um, is their character creation in this yeah. network test? There wasn't character creation. There was like character selection. Mm. Mm. Okay, but do you get the sense that that was just for the network test, or do you get the sense that that's maybe how this is going to work? I think it would be weird because it works basically like the way it does in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, where it's like you can pick the wanderer class or right. the whatever so you can pick class. from some archetypes, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I don't see why they would then take the character customization element out of that because uh, mm. your character doesn't talk or anything. It's not, not like Sekiro where you're like playing right. a named dude. Um, so I don't see why they would because you could pick between. So I picked a priest and you could pick like body type A, body type B, which is the new video game terminology for we don't want to say man or woman. They will always sure. say body type A, body type B. Uh, yeah. And it was like masculine, feminine look, you know, traditionally so. Sure. And I picked the priest, which had just a fucking look, the dumbest looking motherfucker on the list. <laughs> um, why, they did, are, why did they look dumb? They um, were wearing just like a big sack and a wagon wheel as a necklace. Uh, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> That'll do uh, I mean, every priest I've ever met wears a wagon wheel around their neck, so... <laughs> It was it was a very funny look. So I thought, like, well, I got to be them. Um, the problem with them is they start with a shitty wooden shield that barely does anything and a tiny little club that barely does anything. Ah. Um, so I was, like, doing nothing to most enemies at first. And then I realized very quickly that magic, or in this case, it was... So there, it's not magic and miracles or sorcery and miracles, which is the Dark Souls delinea- delineation. It's... Magic and incantations. Ah, okay. uh, but it basically breaks down, are you going an int class or a faith class still? Mm. And I, as a priest, was like the faith class. Okay. 
And one of my first spells that I had as a priest was, I think it's just called Beast Claw. Um, and the way that it worked was your character would just like stab their hand into the ground and then swing it up. And when they did that, energy blades from your hand would just fly forward out in a big fan in front of you. And it did so much damage. Oh, nice. <laughs> so fun. like I ran past that giant early on and then found a Viking on the beach was like the first normal enemy that I had encountered. And I got into a fight with him with my club and I was like, okay, this is this is tough, but I think I can beat this guy. But then I came back there. He killed me, but I came back there again. and I was like, let me just try this beast cloth real quick and see how good this does. And it killed him in one shot before he even stood up. <laughs> he didn't even finish his animation. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, so I, I guess just kind of, kind of boiling it down to the general move set of a FromSoft game. Um, they, I know that they've added verticality to this with the jump button, um, which was also a thing that Sekiro had, you know, with verticality. Um, how, how did that kind of change the gameplay for you? And like, you mentioned also, you know, the 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 spell that you could cast. You can obviously cast spells in other FromSoft games, but like in the trailers and that gameplay preview we saw to my eyes, which is means eyes kind of outside of this series, but I've seen enough of it to know, the, the arsenal seemed to be bigger for yeah. the character, um, for for the tarnished. Um, so talk about like the verticality of it and also talk about the expanded moveset of your, your protagonist. Yeah. I mean, I think one of this in some ways feels like a direct sort of response to a lot of people, um, who I won't name personally, but a lot of people who no, no, no. incorrectly name believed them, that name well, them personally, you know, Go ahead. call okay. me out, huh? This is, this is how it, we're finally here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it, but I it's all but leading to, do to this to instigate this. Like it's just working out in my favor. Keep going. I actually don't know what Steven was talking about. What it was. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, like you know, some people out there sort of erroneously believed that Sekiro wasn't a very good game instead of ah. you know being the best from software game. Wow, and those those people who will remain nameless. Yeah, who's nameless, we, voiceless, faceless. We don't want to embarrass them in front, on the internet. Like that just sort of link. Absolutely not. I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Hey, everybody. It's your podcast producer, Jordan Mallory here. Uh, just going to hop in for a second in the edit. Uh, I just wanted to say that I'm the person that Stephen was talking about just now. And uh, Stephen reached out to me after this recording and said that they were, you know, sorry for kind of getting on my case a little bit about my opinion on Sekiro and said that they also wanted to join me here after the fact Uh just real quick, because they had something else relevant that they wanted to tell me. So, Stephen, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that I shot Batman like the superhero and Tommy Pickles. And it was very funny. Stephen, are you admitting to the murder of a famous superhero and a baby? Basically. And you thought it was funny? <laughs> right. Wow. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, we'll I'll contact the Department of Justice, I guess. Uh, back to the episode. Um, I'm uncomfortable because we're not bullying Emron. <laughs> <laughs> we need to redirect it. Emron, how did you feel about Sekiro? It was Sekiro was great. I platinumed it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Emron was just like, um, I don't know what you're about to say, but I know it's about me. And I'm going to stop to it. <laughs> and it wasn't Look, about him. I'm just uncomfortable when things aren't about me. So <laughs> right. I have to assume. 
Uh, but uh, one of the com- chief complaints from a lot of people with that game was that there was not enough um, option for like there weren't enough options to build your character out and like yeah. change your playstyle. You either had to which, be very which, good like, at the sword. I think that's a fair criticism. There, there was yeah. not a lot you could do with that game if you were good at the sword. I think it's a like I think it's a fair thing to want from a from a game, but I think that game was just going for a different thing. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know if it's yeah, necessarily yeah, very, I, I can see the hero. like the logic of the complaint is because like Bloodborne also kind of limited what you could right. do to build because you had right. to do the game was built around the idea that you're a lithe uh, character that can dodge everything, right? And if you try to make a tanky build, you can't do that. You can't. So really I can see that. people looking yeah. at Elden Ring going like, I wonder if they're gonna do like, will this be more of a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls three? Well. <laughs> um, I started off the game with uh, the ability to summon giant energy claws out of the ground that I shot outwards in a fan that um, one hit killed the first enemy that I fought. Um, and then the next spell that I found, I bought from a merchant about five minutes later, which was laser eyes that let me shoot uh, seeking lasers out of my face. <laughs> that, cool. uh, seemed to be cursed also. Uh, it seemed like when I, whenever I cast them, it was basically building up frenzy damage uh, mm, at the same time. Wow. So I couldn't overcast those. But just, it was a thing. just like Cyclops. Can't just like it. Cyclops. <laughs> uh, you know, um, kind of like that scene in the train station in uh, X-Men 1. Basically. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Wasn't this thing was that like eyes are like his, his eyes are portals to like the punch dimension or something like that. The lasers were not coming from his eyes. They just go through his eyes. That sounds right. I've honestly, as big as it was in the '90s, I've, I've never been a huge X-Men person, so I don't know a ton mm. about them. Um, I know they're called optic blasts, but yeah. yeah. Um, so you could do stuff like that, but it was great because you know, in Dark Souls and uh, Dark Souls mostly, I guess, Demon Souls, you would have a lot of spells that were you will throw a lightning bolt or shoot a homing laser or whatever. It's but it's like fully forward directional magic missile type shit. In this, it was like my claws come out of the ground. So it really only works on ground-based enemies. But then when I got the laser eyes, the laser eyes like basically fired in an upward arc. So later on, I would encounter these sort of like flying Batman. Um, not Batman like the superhero, but Batman like literally like little goblin guys with bat wings that would like fly around and attack me. Um, and I couldn't really hit them very well with the, the beast claw, but the, the eye lasers were great because they, they sh- shot upwards in an arc and then hit them in a big wide, uh, you know, array. Okay. Um, later on, I found even more stuff than that too. Like there was a classic kind of force push that you have in a lot of the souls games. I think even bloodborne has something like this where you just like, kind of like do a shrug animation and then everything near you gets force pushed in any direction. Um, I got like a later on, I also got like a more traditional magic missile type thing, but I never tried it because I wasn't specced for intelligence, so yeah. I couldn't equip it. But early, 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 it seems like there's a lot of options right off the bat for building your character out and doing all kinds of stuff like that. Like even, you know, a Dex is a stat in this game and Dex makes your um, spell animations cast faster, but it also reduces fall damage from jumping like you were talking about earlier, John. So you can get around more areas. um, And obviously Dex would also increase like fast weapons like a dagger or something. Okay, so let's rewind for a second, because that's something that surprised me from some of the clips that I saw this morning. In the 15 minute uh, preview trailer that they did like a week ago or whatever, they, to me, to my eyes, 
heavily implied that there was no fall damage in this game. Mm. And I now know that that is not true. But I'm, is it is it more forgiving than other games in the series? Definitely. It's okay. I, may, maybe not as forgiving as Sekiro, which is very, 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 very forgiving. forgiving. Right. You can it, you have to go out of your way to take fall damage in Sekiro. Yeah. Um, and in this game, I never took fall damage once. Uh, Interesting. Oh, down heights that I definitely would have taken fall damage in like Dark Souls 2. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, so is it like a Breath of the Wild kind of thing of like, if I can see it, then I could probably get there. Like, yeah. In terms of fall damage, in terms of like being able to lay it on a thing. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't run. The only times I ran into things where it was like, oh, I couldn't get there and when I thought I might be able to was, uh, I think for this network test, they had up invisible walls that were not invisible walls, but functionally what you think of when you think of an invisible wall in a video game. But they were like literally just like big foggy walls. And I uh, don't okay. think that those are just in the final game because you get a map in Elden Ring. Um, and there was like chunks of the map that I could see that were on the map, but I, I just couldn't go there. You can see, you can see into them with your eyes, basically. I could, I could see into them, but I, cause like through the fog, but I couldn't Uh, physically walk through them. Mm. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the description for the dexterity attribute mentions reduces fall damage. So I assume that there is some fall damage, Hmm. but I, I definitely, um, did some big flying leaps that, would have absolutely just killed me in Bloodborne that did not even damage me in this game. Okay. So, in terms of structure, like, I, I know Miyazaki has said that if you want to go, like, they, they didn't say Breath of the Wild, but it kind of implies that this is what they took the inspiration from it, but if wherever you want to go to take on the game, you can just go. Is there, like, actual... Are, are you... If you went somewhere that you should, were, like, is later in the game, would you find enemies that you can't beat that are just way too hard? Is there an actual like path you're supposed to be taking? At least in this network demo, again, because I was I was funneled to a certain location because of these like big fog walls, these big like, they're yeah. just straight up like flat surface like things. They I don't think those are going to be in the final game, um, at least not in this exact way. But it looked like on the map there was, if I had gone down the beach farther on, um, there might have been other paths forward, but the only path forward I could find in this certain test was there was like a big giant open world right where I start the game next to the Crestfallen Knight equivalent guy. Uh, and that you can kind of run around there, go anywhere you want. There's all kinds of weird secrets, different enemies. I found a side dungeon with its own unique bo- like optional boss to fight that I that I took out. Uh, got like a special weapon from in there. Um, found like a almost Sen's Fortress like little area full of traps and stuff. But then at the end, at the far end of that whole area was like a mountain pass that I had to go through. Like with a big gate on the front of it. And then I had to fight through like another giant to get through there. And then when I got to the very end of that pass, there was a boss. And then when I fought that boss, a fog door appeared, you know, Mm. like it became Bloodborne style. And then a cutscene played. He started talking to me and he's like, I'm Margaret the Fell Omen and I'm going to kick your ass. And then he kicked my ass a whole bunch. Um, Okay. So like, after I beat there wasn't oh. there wasn't a lot of situation where you found like oh these enemies are just over leveled for me no no okay. never so so then it it kind of does sound like it was a little bit structured like Breath of the Wild because I could go to 
the desert and do the Urbosa stuff first. Now, the hazards there would tell me that I should probably do some other stuff first, but the enemies I encounter aren't necessarily more difficult. Um, and there are only pockets of that entire map where you'll find a white Lionel, which are you know one of the hardest enemies in the game. Uh, they, they basically just plant very specific things in certain areas, but like the enemies that just pop up in normal places, they kind of level to you. Do you get the sense that this might be how uh, Elden Ring is also structured, or did you? It, I don't know. I, it's obviously a small test, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, because of the like way that that opening valley is kind of closed off by this mountain pass that you have to get through. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't get the sense that I could just like walk all the way from one end to like just basically completely bypass that boss or something like that necessarily. Yeah. You have to get the glider first. <laughs> yeah, I had to get the glider first kind of situation. He does he did feel like maybe he it did feel like a situation where <laughs> this is just kind of in every open world game now. Um The Witcher did this and then all the modern Assassin's Creed games do this now too. It always feels like ever since The Witcher 3 there's they always start you in like a small little pocket open world and Uh it's like okay do this do the prologue here beat the boss here and then we'll allow you to go to the bigger world right um and it felt like this was kind of mostly that first pocket with a little bit beyond that and then once i'd gotten through that um ladder maybe it would have opened up even more um the enemies though i never got into a situation once i figured out that like oh the reason i'm not doing any damage Right now is because I'm not spec'd for a strength build. I'm spec'd for a faith build and should just be using my miracles more. Once yeah. I started using my miracles, I was like, fine. I had no problems. Huh. Other than so, uh, obviously bosses. Is is that because you're a like? Was the easier time you had because you're a priest or the game is just easier? Because I saw a fair bit of the latter in previews today. So that it is easier? Yeah. It is when you are out in the like the game almost seems it doesn't go into a lot of detail about this specifically, but it became pretty clear to me early on that this is how it works is it seems like the game almost has two modes of difficulty. There's like you are out wandering the open world and we don't want to punish you for doing that. So one thing that it does is whenever you kill enough enemies in the open world, what it calls groups, but sometimes a group can just be like literally one guy if he's all by himself. Um, If you kill those enemies, your Estus flasks refill without you having to go to a bonfire. Oh, Hmm. so the element when you're out wandering the open world, the element of resource management is much, much lower in this game because you can just, I can be like, Oh, I'm just going to pop my my beast claw attack. One, two, three, kill this big giant land squid that eats its own tentacles to heal itself, um, which was another enemy that I encountered. Uh, I'll kill that thing real quick with these three attacks. And then because my Estus flask is just going to refill, I'll pop an Estus flask to refill my mana. And then I'll just get that resource back. Yeah. But anytime the game decides you are in what it constitutes as a dungeon, I think it takes that benefit away. Interesting. Uh, and that's not necessarily a load time. That's literally like you found a set of like a set of stairs in a ruin that leads underground. And there's like enemies and traps and a boss at the end of this area in here. And kind of without telling you, it'll just stop refilling your Estes flasks while you're in that location. That's hmm. an that's an odd choice. It is. I think so. Huh. I guess it makes some sense. Like like Stephen was saying, they don't want you to not explore. 
They want right. you to explore. Sure. But if you're gonna go, if gonna go into a dungeon, you better be ready. But right. you would think you would think you would. I, I don't know. To to me, instead of tying that mechanic to facing enemies out in the world, I would have expected that to be tied to like you know, essentially bonfires. Like, there might be just more bonfires in the world. Oh, here's a bonfire in front of a staircase. Right. That tell that tells me that something is down the staircase. Like, Literally might, a thing I found. I found a dungeon too, with a bonfire at the front of the staircase. Sure, and, like, that might be obvious, and that may not be what they want to go for all the time, but that seems like it makes more sense to me than just suddenly flipping switches on and off and you don't know like is there any sort of indicator of that not being on until oh i cleared a room of enemies and i didn't get this refill to as far as i could tell it was literally just i cleared out a room of enemies and didn't get the refill that's strange that's strange to me it's mm. it, like it, it it that is the part that i think is odd i think it would be less odd if the game literally just did the destiny thing of Oh, you have entered an area where if you die, you're going to restart at a checkpoint. Sure, yeah. In Destiny, it just pops up a thing that says darkness zone. You know, you've, sure. you've entered a darkness yeah. zone and now you know. Yeah, I mean, I, hilariously, whenever that happens to me in Destiny, I kind of go, okay. Like, kind of, kind of, because it kind of sucks the mystery out of it. Like, mm. I sometimes like to be ambushed with terror. In a way, there you go. You know what I mean. Well, Elden so Ring I, has you covered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that element to me sounds good. Of like, we're not going to tell you when you're in danger. Right. You're just going to find the danger, and that's going to be a fun thing for you. Um, but it's that is it's still an odd choice to me. It is, I, and it might be a thing where there's like an icon on the screen that I just missed or didn't understand. Yeah, maybe be- because there was definitely. It was very funny because I went down that the first thing I did was I went down that beach with the giant and the Viking and the land squids. And then Mm -hmm. after that, I went north, which is the exact opposite direction. And I never went down the middle because when I went down the middle, there was like a big night, a big I think they were called like the tree sentinel. And they were just like walking around in the open world. And I was like, okay, this must just be some big night enemy. Oh, they're they're on a horse, by the way. Ah, Um, And they're they're just kind of like running around in circles. I was like, okay, I'll go up to this guy and fight them. And then a boss health bar appeared. And (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny. Uh, and it's not like any other and this seems very intentional that they would put it right in front of your face like that um because like most games in the from software below um if you fight a boss then sometimes it will put a fog door up in front of you to warn you you're about to fight a boss and sometimes it will put up one behind you to tell you you are fighting a boss yeah you already fucked up (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but in both cases you're always locked into an area this Uh was just like Here's a boss. You can run away if you want from this boss. Uh, it's like finding a Hinox like, or a light or a I Lionel. like that. I do like that because that always felt kind of fun about Breath of the Wild. And you know, it's like, oh, like I, I I'm I'm collecting rocks and I'm standing on a rock and oh now it's moving. Oh fuck. Oh shit. And yeah. mm-hmm. being able to run away from that was freeing, although it still called for me to challenge it. You know, like yeah. I. I What's it going to drop if I kill it? Yeah, I yeah. was very, very motivated to take on the challenge, even though in, you know, at least early in the early game, I was always unprepared to do it. Um, Which is like what interests me most about Elden Ring is because there's people going like, oh, it just looks like Dark Souls in open world, which is one, fine. Two, those are contradictory statements because like so much of what Dark Souls is, is just not compatible with an open world. Correct. So like, yeah. 
I, I'm interested. I'm digging the idea that they sometimes just go, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Like you can't run away, but still just deal with it and fight the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, want to ask since, oh, yeah. no, actually you can continue. No, 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 no. I want to ask because I'm still thinking about you mentioning that there's a tentacle monster and uh-huh. like something that stuck out to me from the trailers. And that always sticks out to me as someone who's like a very distant, casual, souls-born fan person who watches other people play these games um, is the boss designs. And I'm wondering what was the most interesting one yeah. that you saw in the network test? <laughs> Good question. Um, I think I know probably most people probably say like that dragon or the big Margaret the Fell guy who's like a big Celtic warrior with an energy hammer he pulls out. The enemy, the boss I liked most was, I forget what it was even called. It was like called like the, the underground guardian or something like that. And (laughs) I couldn't even tell if it was like an unfinished boss and like this will look different in the final game or something which would be very funny if they just put this network test out but like had unfinished assets in it still but i went down into this into this dungeon that was full of the sense fortressy type area with which was full of traps it was full of these gargoyles that would just come to life and then start like attacking you and throwing firebombs at you and stuff uh and at the end of that dungeon i found a boss that was just like a big dog but like but like a porcelain doll of a like you like the kind of porcelain doll you would see at like your grandmother's house that she had like on a on a shelf. So it's oh. like very s- stiff and forward facing whatever. But it was like that, but eight feet tall. And so it had like no animation on it whatsoever. And it just like floated towards you like a weird puppet and then <laughs> oh would just like God. lift up into the air um, without animating at all, except its arm would like move up like a nutcracker or something like that, like oh, very robotically. Scary. Yeah, it was it was goofy, but also is kind of scary at the same time and it would just yeah. like it would just like start flying and moving and stuff but very jerky and slow and uncannily in a way where it's just like i can't tell if this is are you real <laughs> what am i, what am I yeah. looking at is this I a bug hope they don't change that i hope that's the yeah the i thing. hope that's it also i did think you said big dog twice that's what i also, I heard also heard heard like big clifford dog. the big dog you fight clifford <laughs> the big like, dog in the no really it is it's a big pounds. dog Wait, wait. It's wait. it's a big ceramic dog that just like floats around. Oh, it's a dog doll. Okay. Yeah, like a dog doll. Yeah, it's oh, a big wow. ceramic dog. Okay. It's a dog okay. Doll. Sorry. That's really bizarre. Yeah. Like it like it looks like a if you had dog shaped uh what do they put call those things bookender? Like bookends? Uh like what if you had two, <laughs> okay. like a dog shaped bookend what like uh, breathed fire at you and like would sometimes Weird. just rise up into the air like no animation on the rising up it well, just that's... starts floating and then its arm raises up like a robot arm and then smashes down on you well that sounds really scary does it even I, technically yeah. have an arm what in it yeah it was it was like a paw you know it was like a like a lucky cat statue has has an arm you know and it would oh. like try to swat you with its lucky cat statue hand and it still manages to be scary somehow despite it's all so, that it's so uncanny it's unnerving it's right yeah <laughs> yeah uh it's you know it's scary the way the big giant uh, doll from squid game is scary you know uh i see excellent yes okay because i at first i heard dog and i was like now they can't be yeah. talking about dogs and i was like okay porcelain doll and then it's actually a porcelain dog doll 
Yeah. Okay. KFC Pizza Hut. Yeah, I'm fighting the dog doll. I'm fighting the porcelain doll. I'm fighting the porcelain dog. I'm fighting the combination porcelain dog doll. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so I think one of the questions that um, someone uh, in our orbit uh, was uh, kind of asking uh, mm. before the uh, before the recording started was kind of about like general. Um, encounters that you would have in this game with enemies. Like I, I think Sekiro, and I also think this is something I've observed with my time with Sekiro and also watching people play it is that the loop of encounters was very familiar um, throughout the entire game. You would fight a big group of enemies and then like a bigger guy. And then there might be a bigger boss after that one. There were these kind of like, progressions of of encounters in Sekiro that I think were a little bit different than you would see in Bloodborne or or Dark Souls. What was kind of the because we saw some preview video of like taking out a camp that was uh, guarding like a caravan or um, like so when you when you fight these groups in the woods, how is it structured and what would you compare it to within the the from soft canon? It definitely doesn't follow that specific, like, one, then two, then three progression. Okay. It's way more just, like, scattershot um, from what I could tell. It was, like, I would go onto that that beach is a good example because that beach was, like, to get down to the beach, you had to go down this kind of, like, slope. And the slope was guarded by this giant giant, literally just, like, a big giant. Um, Ran past him. (laughs) When he stopped following me, I got to like the end of the beach and there's just like a campfire. And by the campfire is this Viking guy who's just sitting there. Uh, And I got close enough to him that he aggroed and started attacking me. And he was just like a normal dude. And I was like, okay, I killed him um, with my beast claw. And then I just followed back. I kind of backtracked the way I had come, but avoiding the slope. So I was following the beach uh, by the water. And the water is just like covered in these giant squids, like these giant beak land octopuses is literally what the game calls them mm-hmm. that have these big, huge oily tentacles that they, they throw at you and you can chop the tentacles off um, one by one, but they'll regrow new ones. If you do too much damage to them, they'll eat their own tentacles to regain health. Their shells are really hard. So you have to basically attack them from the front and try to chop those tentacles off one by one to yeah. uh, s- slow them down. Um, and then I kept going back down that way and eventually met a merchant where I bought my laser eyes past the merchant down through like a cavern. And then it was just like a bunch of shitty little dragger, like, like water zombies, you know, um, who weren't as bad as that big Viking down at the other end, but there was a lot more of them. Um, so it's, it seems almost more like. I wouldn't even, not even like as broad as biomes. It just more seems like. This area is like, you know, a section AC or it's one C of the beach. Yeah. You know, the beach is section one. And then you go to section C of the beach is little zombie area. And there will always be a little zombies in that little chunk. And then section one B is always going to have the land octopuses and stuff like that. And okay. as you continue to push through, you find new little territories and you know this little faction quote unquote rules this territory and so you have to contend with this enemy type as a result um i wound up climbing like a mountain at one point later much later on um right before the big castle where you fight the big boss of the demo and there was just 
jellyfish floating in the sky above the crags, um, like just like floating giant jellyfish. Oh, and no, normal shit. Sure. Just normal shit. They're just like floating in the woods. And I was like, okay, I guess. And I attacked one of them. And then all the jellyfish around me, they were white. They just all started pulsing red and stuff and instead and started coming towards me, like slowly floating <laughs> through the air. Uh, and then uh, big skeleton warriors just started popping up out of the ground and coming at me. So I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, like uh, you mentioned climbing up the mountain. How is, are there like bespoke paths toward things like that? Like they go, this is where they want you to go. Or you can, can you Skyrim around up a mountain or like Breath of the Wild climb a mountain? No, no, it's more like the, there are bespoke paths and mm. stuff like that. I didn't really encounter anything where I wasn't like clambering at any point, you know? Uh, there wasn't like mount mantling uh, over ledges or anything like that. I, you could kind of, you could definitely see, they, they still seemed bespoke, like they still seemed um, built. But well, like when I was in the castle later on, uh, right before the end, there was like one path forward where I could like go through the inside of an area. It kind of looks like, do you remember in Demon Souls, like before you fight the first boss, you have to go up those like scaffold or like scaffolds inside of yeah. the castle and they roll a big rock down at you? Yeah. It was a lot like that, but instead of going up there, I saw that there was like a turret on the outer edge of the castle wall that if I jumped down onto, I could walk uh, around the ledge. And instead of fighting zombies, I fought like um, big falcons, like like not inhumanly large, normal sized falcons, but they had swords tied to their feet. So they were just like big birds that would fly up into my face and then like raise their talons to scratch me. But instead of scratching me with their talons, they were just like with big swords. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you think that they have evolved the ability to strap the swords to their feet? Or do you think someone in the mountains is doing that to them? I got absolutely no sense of what the <laughs> world is like in Elden Ring in terms of like who is in charge here. Okay. Who, who built it's this a, fucking castle? Genu- genuinely, one of my questions here is just cool vibes. Like, how are the vibes of this game? Mm-hmm. Um, Very Celtic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like interesting. Th- there's a lot. Of, it, it feels Irish somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> George R. R. Martin just like sending notes to Miyazaki says more Irish. More, more Irish. Irish. I mean, years the ago big boss- before he was done on the project. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20 fucking years ago, he wasn't even done with uh, any of his books or whatever. He's like just sending notes. Please, Irish. Like Margit, the 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 big boss that you fight at the end of the demo or near the end of the demo, uh, his before he enters like phase two where he starts like summoning energy weapons, like he gets a big fucking hammer made of light that he smashes into the ground and it does a shockwave kind of, you know, usual boss stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, um, his main weapon is just a shillelagh. He just like beats <laughs> wow. you over the head with a little fucking cane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, but um, there was, I did eventually find a maiden. I got a finger maiden is what they're called. Because everything Excuse in this me? game is about finger. You got a finger maiden? What to who? What did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got a, a finger, finger maiden? I got a finger maiden. A finger I mean, maiden. You do you. <laughs> this is time. Uh-huh. No, no, I got a, a finger, finger maiden. It's like, no, maiden. no, you got a finger maiden. I get it, man. But you yeah. Um, finger maiden. Everything is fingers in this game. I'm googling this. We are on. I six, don't think you should, uh, episode sixty nine plus two. <laughs> finger maiden. Uh, like you know how in Dark Souls one and three, um, the way that you invade other people's worlds is you use the cracked red eye orb or whatever, and then you yeah. have like, the blue eye orb or whatever. 
Uh, in this, it's like, if you want to invade somebody else's game, you use like the red finger. If you want to ah, summon okay. somebody to help you, you use the blue finger. Sure. If, you want, if you are in multiplayer and want to stop being in multiplayer, the item you use to leave somebody else's game is a knife that just says, you use this to cut off your finger to leave somebody else's world. Oh, that's world. funny. You can okay. only do this nine more times. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> use those summons yeah. wisely. Use it wisely. That's funny. Did, speaking of which, did you get to try the thing that was like, they're not summons. They're just summoning like an AI ghost. minions. Yep. Yeah. It is exactly what that entails. Uh, like I got three of them, I think. Um, one allowed me to summon like a big dog that would help me. One allowed me to summon like a sorcerer. And one was just like, you summon like four just little shitheads, like just four <laughs> normal ass warrior dudes who will just like roll with you. Mm. Uh, and it just costs mana. And, and like, do those last like as long as they're alive or do they go away after a certain time? I didn't actually think to check uh, okay. while I was while I was playing the game. I should I should double check that. But I never got into a situation where they just despawned on me. Gotcha. Seems like this um, is a game with a lot of cool dogs. A lot, yeah, of, cool a lot dogs. of cool dogs. That yeah. is appealing to me. I have to say to be able to summon Man. little AI folks because yeah, it immediately makes me feel not I scared we were about the dogs. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> John's like, oh, finally, one of these games has dogs in it. I'm in. I'm fucking it, in. It like, if I can problem, summon a dog, like, yeah, yeah. Because you know, if I want to help with someone doing a boss, I have to be in front of that boss door and just wait there. Right. But if like, if I this makes it so people don't want to, don't have to like wait or hope that there's people around where they need help. Right. Which is, I think, a big deal. So there's two things on that. First, just to continue with the the AI summons thing, I think it's interesting that you can it's you're not just limited to summoning dudes. It, it like one of the spells I found was just like summon a dog that helps you in combat. And you know they have different abilities than the sorcerer who is attacking at range and stuff, uh, which is neat because you can like kind of build your character in such a way that it is complemented by other types of summons. You know. Um, the other thing about the summoning that they've done here that is way more obvious in two ways is whenever you get to a, like one of those boss doors, because that's how you would always summon in these games, is you'd wait outside of a boss, use the summoning some like item, symbol, whatever, and then they would summon. In this, there's literally just like a little summoning bell, like on a stick by wherever you're in a summoning area. And you go and click on it and say, later says like, okay, summoning unlocked for this area now. You're good. Interesting. And if you are in an area where you can summon people or be summoned, if you're like in the radius, it puts like a little blue icon on the left hand side of your screen to let you know this isn't a summonable area. This is an area where you can summon people and you're good. Huh? So it makes that part more obvious. So, yeah. So this game's good, huh? It seems really, really cool. Seems really cool. fun. It's it's uh, Dark Souls 2, 3-esque in its ability to like just let you kind of do a bunch of sh wild shit. And I'm very excited to see how big the actual game is. Wow. Well, I'm very interested in this game, either to watch it or to play it. I can't decide because I usually try these and I then I get scared and frustrated. <laughs> and then I just watch someone else play them. So... Watching um, is the way to go, John. Join it's, me. It is fun. It's really good. It's fun to do it. And, and folks, in case you're listening to this months after the fact for some reason, uh, Merritt will be uh, streaming this game uh, over on our Twitch channel uh, as soon as it comes out. So check our Twitch channel right now. Uh, she is doing Bloodborne. We, we don't know if she'll have time for Sekiro or Demon Souls before Elden Ring. My guess is, well, I don't know. 
that delay helped a little bit, but we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's really fun to watch uh, people play this game. It's fun games. to hear people talk about it too. Like yeah. I, I, to me, this is honestly hearing Steven talk about the dog doll is much more fun to me than actually interacting with the dog doll boss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. That's good. Um, well, I think we're going to wrap it. This was a really, Stephen, thank you for telling us everything uh, about this network test. It's, uh, it sounds Seriously, really your cool. memory is and, so good. Like, Yeah, for real. You for really reals. took in so much and so many details. And it seems like yeah. this is overflowing with details to begin with. So, and, yeah. Uh, I didn't even talk about the crabs. Oh. <gasps> Well, you know what? Since Imran's going to get a day with this between now <laughs> and next time, maybe we'll maybe we'll have like a check-in, a five-minute yeah. check-in or something. I'll, yeah, um, give a full briefing on the crabs. Yeah, we'll do a full briefing on the crabs. Um, uh, we're going to wrap. Uh, if you want to follow our wonderful producer, Jordan Mallory, over on Twitter, you can do so at Jordan underscore Mallory. Thank you, Jordan, for everything that you do. Uh, if you want to follow Steven, you can follow them at Steven Strom. If you want to follow Imran, you can <laughs> follow Imran <laughs> at uh, Imran Zomigod. Oh Imran Z-O-M-G. Never going to end. If you want to follow Natalie, you can follow Natalie at Heart Emesia. Uh, that is like Ultimicia, but with a heart. Yeah. You know I'm just kind of got Natalie doing something embarrassing in England that is going to like subsume oh, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Natalie starts an international incident. I believe it. I totally believe it. I kind of um, want to do that now. She's going to come back. I tried to, I tried to make fun of one of the British guards. It turned out to just be some like kid or something oh like that. God. It would be, <laughs> it's going to yeah. be something. Something like, funny. We're, we're gonna have to break Natalie out of the Tower of London. <laughs> Natalie's um, like explaining why she bullied a kid. It's like I thought they were an adult. They were taller than me. <laughs> uh, um, I think Natalie's gonna ride one of the corgis out of Westminster Palace. Or whatever. Um, we'll visit my homie, the Queen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want it? You want that on the record that the Queen is your homie, Natalie? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to follow me, you can do so over at Floppy Adult. Uh, if you want to follow Fanbyte Media, you can do so at Fanbyte Media. Uh, all of our podcasts can be found at podcastnet.work. We have a Final Fantasy 14 section over on our website. It's, uh, it's over at thelinkshell.com. We are in route with some major redesigns for the website, so look out for those. <laughs> and uh, it's come to that time of the evening where the travelers and I are going to sidle up to the bar and uh, order a big old potion from the barkeep. A and big gonna, flask of... Um, big A big Estes flask, or whatever the fuck they're called in this one. And we're going to... Flask of Prince of Tears. Clink, 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 clink.